give him praise this morning. And the curtain comes up, and Israel, the same ones. It said that a new king, everyone said a new king, which means a season came along, and the new king did not know about Joseph. Joseph was a Jew. He was born by God. He was appointed to be a great leader. But when the curtain comes up, these people of these descendants, the Israelites, they're in bondage so hard that their taskmasters and anyone that's ever seen the Ten Commandments movie has kind of envisioned this. If you've not, you must watch it. Um, but at any rate, these taskmasters are beating them down. They're working nonstop. They keep multiplying and multiplying quite a bit like the church of Jesus Christ. The more you persecute, the more they multiply. In the book of Acts, they tried to burn up cities and highways with the burning flesh of the New Testament church. They dressed up their children and put them in the arena in sheepskin and let lions eat them up to try to get their parents to deny Jesus Christ. But that group of ragtag band of believers stood for Jesus and they died for Jesus and the more they died, the more the New Testament church multiplied and turned the world upside down. Because you can change things for Elvis Presley and he will die. You can change things for your greatest star. But the church of Jesus Christ, it will survive every battle in the earth. Someone give Jesus a hand clap of praise. And the Israelites grew and they multiplied. The more Pharaoh oppressed them, the more they grew. And then he got so upset because they grew in such numbers. He said, they might take us over. So he said, when they have children, if they give birth to a girl, let the girl live. But if they give birth to a boy, kill him. But there was two midwives. I want to tell you right now, these two midwives feared God. And they were sent in. And they, God spoke to them, and they did not kill the baby boys. And Pharaoh pulled them back into the church, or into his, sorry, back into his palace. And he said, why have you done this? And they said, those Israelite women, they're so fast in delivery. We cannot get there fast enough. I want to tell you something. The Bible says that God gave those two women favor. And I want to tell you what Hebrews 6 says. It says, God is not unjust to forget your labor of love that you give to his people meaning when you work hard for the people of God when you work hard for the things of God there is an undeniable favor that will get you through every storm every trial every persecution can you say amen can you say amen somebody give God a praise and so the curtain comes up and Jehoshaphat is a woman it says in chapter 2 verse 1 and a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and she bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. I want you to say beautiful child. But in the Hebrew, that means well favored. I want you to say well favored. When she looked at that baby, the voices in that day were saying destroy the child. The voices were saying this child can't live. But when she looked at the baby, when she saw him, she knew something was special about him. Something was different about him. I want to tell you this morning that Jehoshaphat looked very alone on that day, but heaven was cheering her on. Can you say amen? And what God gave her was a gift. And God has given each person in this room a gift, a purpose. I want you to say my purpose is well favored. Jehoshaphat looked at that baby who we come to know as Moses and she heard the voice of God that said 
this child is well favored. This morning, there are voices all around you that will try to tell you that your purpose is not well favored. They will tell you that God is not with you. They will tell you that whatever you do for his name, it will not make a difference. They will tell you you are too young, you are too old, you are too uh, heavy, you are too skinny, you are too not this, you're not educated, you're not that. But I want to tell you this morning, God says your purpose is well favored. But I can tell you that all day long. Joel Osteen can tell you that all day long. Bishop Jakes can tell you that all day long. But until you believe it about your life, life about your purpose you will never walk in it can you say amen you see you have to go outside of God to doubt your purpose Job 33 and 4 says the spirit of God made me and the breath of the almighty has given me life you see in the presence of the life giver it is impossible to doubt your mission you say well pastor I often doubt my mission that's because you're stepping outside of the life giver but in that moment God listen to me, was setting in motion a plan he had conceived 400 years earlier when Joseph went into Egypt as a slave, falsely accused, in prison. We'll talk about him more in a minute. 16 years when he went into Egypt, God knew there was a time was going to come when the people of God were going to suffer under taskmasters. Those who wave their thing and say, you'll cry when I say cry. You'll be happy when I say happy. Isaiah 51 says, bow down. And God says, I will say to your oppressors that said bow down that we can walk on your back like a road isn't that anything in our life like doubt and fear addiction um, our past our sorrow whatever it is it says bow down that I can walk on you like a road why would your taskmasters do that they do not want you to multiply in grace and strength of the Lord Jesus Christ brother Gerald and rise up to be who you're called to be but do I have a friend in the house this morning that will say I know my purpose and I believe it is well favored somebody give God a hand clap of praise so here she is a woman with a baby is this God's glory no father the curtain went down and Joseph looked so good to us that love the word these moments are heartbreaking because they are lies to us they explain so much of our life Joseph was regal and he was anointed as the greatest assistant to the greatest ruler in the planet, in the whole earth at that time. But here is one woman, frail, having given birth. And people are looking in and saying, this doesn't look like God's glory. But let me assure you, at every moment, God is saying, you just keep turning the page in the life of your story. You just keep looking for my destiny. You just keep looking for what I'm going to do because God's glory will be seen. The Psalms 37 and 5 says, commit your way to the Lord and he will bring it to pass. Everyone say, he will bring it to pass. Open up before God. And I love the message says, and he'll validate your life, step you with approval at high noon. God works in ways that seem so detached from who we are. But let me assure you, Ephesians 3 and 10 says, To the intent that the wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. And as I've often told you, just like in the theater, they're, they're looking in, the principalities and powers are looking in as Jehoshaphat is coming out with a baby. And they're saying, we've got them now. We've got them now. Gone and long are the days of Joseph when everything was so powerful. And God 
God's people were at the right hand. Now they're slaves. Now they're underneath taskmasters. And there's that weak woman looking like her life is over, carrying a baby to the shore of the Nile. It is over. But I'm going to tell you in that moment, I believe that my great father, the great I am, was just smiling and said, you just keep thinking and saying whatever you want to say because in that child is deliverance. And this next page of this story is going to make people talk about this for all time to come. Sorrow if you must. Weep if you must. Mourn if you must. But know that I, the Lord, am writing this story. And I, the Lord, will show my glory in ways you cannot imagine. Somebody give God a shout of praise this morning. I'm going to tell you it was God's glory. And those principalities looked in. But God said, you just see. But Jehoshaphat overlooked the voices of Pharaoh. Jehoshaphat overlooked the voices of others that said that baby's got to die. You've got to overlook the voices that say you don't matter. I was in Canada preaching with my good friend Kathy Payne, and there's like two or 3,000 Jamaican women. It doesn't matter if there was just three because those women can make noise. Susan's been there with me. When they worship, their feet stomp. They have nothing but an old piano, but they sing with gusto. That just, it just makes you want to just die and go to heaven. It's so awesome. And... Um, there was a young African-American girl that got up and did a powerful dance, as only she could have. It was so annoying. It just shook the place right before I got up to preach a version of Get Out of My Seat. And after that great service, she came up to Kathy Payne, and we were standing by each other. We were looking at her, and we were both saying, yeah, it was awesome. It was so powerful. It was so mighty. And she said, every time I do that, there's a voice that says, what you do doesn't matter. Every time I do that, there's a voice that says, that was horrible. Nobody got that. That was ridiculous. You're wasting your time. You don't ever need to dance again. And Kathy and I, without looking at each other in complete synchronized words at the same time, said, we hear the same voice every time we do it. We've just learned to ignore it. Come on, somebody. You've got to just learn to ignore the voices that say you're not good enough, your message not strong enough. When I first started to preach, this voice said, your, your message is so simple, you should go teach the toddlers. I knew where that voice came from. And so I just had learned from my mentors to speak back. And I said, fantastic. It's been proven most people are like on a fifth grade level, reading level in the nation. Isn't that wonderful that the Lord would empower me to speak so simply to people so they can get it? Because Paul said, I'm not here to mysticize you with great words, but I'm here to speak with power and with the wisdom of God. I'm going to tell you, you've got to learn to ignore the voices, speak back to the voices. If something is telling you what you do doesn't matter, you say, Say, well, bless the Lord on my soul, Christy. You just assured me that what I'm doing does matter. I'm going to do it ten times more. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a shout of praise. She ignored the voices. And she saw that beautiful baby. And I, I don't want you to overlook this because she saw this beautiful baby. And in this moment, this uh, Christy was kind of doing a feedback on this as we do at end of class. And we were talking about how the trust she had to have. You see, that was destiny. I want everyone to say destiny. Destiny was in her arms and she didn't even know it. All she knew was God said that little baby. You don't know. You don't know the depth and the width and the breadth of the destiny that the Lord has put inside of you. And you will not be able to see it. All you will hear is a simple voice that says it's not safe. And the trust that she had to have to take that baby to the shore and put him in a little basket and send him out. I, I don't want you to think the Nile was like Lazy River down here that we all float down in a tube. People, 
the Nile was full of crocodiles and alligators and horrible creatures. The Levithon, all those horrible creatures you can read about in Job. They were floating in the Nile. But what she knew was, this is my destiny. And I want to speak by the Spirit of the Lord. Trust Him with your destiny. Every assignment in your life, if you're living according to His plan, is beautiful. It didn't look beautiful. If she compared it to former days, she had a little girl named Miriam. And here she is trusting. It didn't look like destiny. And there's moments in our life that we can't even imagine how is this destiny. This is heartbreaking. All I see in this moment is heartbreaking. But she knew that what she had was greater than her. And you will never be and I will never be what God has called us to be until we lay our lives down at the altar and say, I trust you with my destiny. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what the world says is well favored. I don't care what they say is a claim. I want to hear what you say is destiny. I want you to take my destiny and use it. Use my gifts. Use my calling in the way that you have. Everyone say amen. And she took that baby to the Nile. And she looked so alone on the shore, but on her face, don't miss her face, hallelujah, it's the face of those that had gone before her, the face of faith, I don't know how she did it, but as she came up to that shore, I'm sure her face looked like mine in the moments, if you think everybody likes to look slap happy, like Instagram filter ready, in moments of faith, they do not, it's usually tear streaks, it's usually big bags underneath your eyes. It's usually I haven't slept in several nights carrying this thing. I know God wants me to do this. And if you could see her face, I believe it was meekness and weakness and dependent upon God. I'm trusting you. It was a faith of faith. Hebrews 12 says, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses that have borne the testimony to life of faith. Let us run with patience, endurance, and steady and active persistence. Everyone say a persistence. The appointed course of the race that is set. Run with, it's amplified. Run with the persistence to the race before you. She looked alone, but Colossians 2 and 9 says, In him was all the fullness of the Godhead dwell in bodily form, and you are complete. Someone say, you are complete in him. Behind her was the Father and the Son and the Spirit. It was before Christ came to the earth, but the word says in John 1, In the beginning the word was with God, and the word was God. Nothing was made without him. Jesus existed before the world. Just leave that right there because you can't solve that right now. But the Father is here. He's behind her. The one that created the world out of nothing. The one who's perfect, reckless love. The one who said, let light be. He obviously said, let me be. And light dispelled the darkness. Jesus, the Son, is standing behind her. The one who had the eye of the tiger faith that set his face like a flint toward Calvary, ignoring everyone's opinion. He was behind her. She was not alone. The Spirit who created everything in the earth. He who could make such wise decisions. He never pondered over whether the giraffe should look like the giraffe. He never pondered whether the rhino should walk that way. He didn't have to seek counsel with anyone. He just created animals out of the depth of who he was. He is all power. He is all creativity. And Jesus said it was better that he went to heaven so we would know the power of the third person who is the precious Holy Spirit. And he was behind her too. Someone give praise. But also God gives us people that we can see. God gives us people that we can set our eyes upon. That we're behind Jehoshabed. And they are behind you and I. So she was not alone. 
Behind her was the great mother of faith, Sarah. Sarah who laughed in the face of God. Sarah who lied to God. And you don't think you can fulfill your destiny because you've shown a, or told a few lies. Well, get in line rest of the rest of the liars of planet Earth. Someone say amen. She lied to God and said she did not laugh. This great mother of faith who we're just left in the book of Genesis where she lied and she laughed in the face of God. She said, I didn't laugh. And God said, yes, you did. But I'm going to visit you anyway when the time comes. In the book of Hebrews 11, one of my, 11, one of my favorite verses, says, And then Sarah received strength to conceive a child when she was old because she judged him who was faithful. You see, she had judged everything else in her life like you and I. She had judged people's opinions. She had judged her circumstances. But the moment she got her eyes on he who cannot fail and she looked to the star creator, her life was fulfilled with a child. How does that have to do with you? There are people standing behind you right now. I've learned something in life. Those that make it through, Pastor Connie, are those who believe Hebrews 6, that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That means I've got one foot in the earth, but all the time I've got one foot in heaven that's why we can go through what we go through because heaven is always around us and heaven is always pressing let me tell you her testimony is pushing you on don't stop till you get to the other side of the promise someone praise the Lord behind her was Joseph he who was falsely accused, he who was put in prison, he who stood before his brothers and said what you meant for evil and the enemy meant for evil, my God has turned it into good and for the saving of many lives. This is the kind of faith that was behind Jehoshaphat because Joseph said, God, as he died and breathed his last breath, watch this, he said, God is going to surely visit you. You're going to go through some stuff, but he's going to visit you and he's going to get you out to the promised land. And when he does, take my bones with you. And guess what? When Israel came out, there was a caravan carrying the bones of Joseph because he who went through persecution, sorrow, who was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered such sorrow that hardly many ever stand against what this man, he missed every birthday for 16 years. He missed every family gathering while he sat in prison. But there was a moment when God turned the page and he had enough time to shower, make a shave, go up before the Pharaoh and he was exalted to the right hand of Pharaoh and let me tell you this is the faith that is pushing on you today somebody give the Lord praise and then there was Esther for us, she was after the time of Jehoshaphat but Esther who was born an orphan Esther who grew up in circumstances she did not want but then God appointed her to a place she didn't want to be, listen to me she could have been like a lot of people I've encountered in my years of ministry. They were broken. They were on drugs. They had nothing. Then God raised them up and they forgot him. God raised them up and they got full of themselves. We're all potentially in that category. And they forgot who pulled them up out of the pit. But Esther, in her moment of decision, and when they said, Mordecai to her, you know what, you don't have to do this, but your people are going to die. Could it be that you've been called for the kingdom such as this at this time? And Esther said, if I perish, 
I perish. She is behind you today. A woman that used her favor for the sake of saving lives. A woman who said, I'm never going to forget the pit from which God brought me out of. I'm never going to forget that it was the hand of God that did this. So when I come in to a place that I have influence, my life belongs to the Lord. Give her a hand clap of praise. This morning, this is the New Testament church. They're standing behind you. I've already mentioned them. People like the Apostle Paul and Simon Peter. The New Testament church who lit up the highways with their bodies because of evil rulers like Nero. These who were persecuted. These who fought for the reason and the ability to worship. The New Testament church like the Apostle Paul who says if God be for us, he is more than against us. The Apostle Paul who wrote half the New Testament from a prison cell. The Apostle Paul who they believed God was with him so much they changed his guards every hour because the people of God were escape artists. But this is the man who said, I know in whom I have believed in and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him. This New Testament church is behind you. Give them a hand this morning. So when Jehoshaphat is on the shore, when you're on the shore of God's promises and she's got baby Moses, and you wonder how she's going to do this. And you wonder how you're going to do this. Behind these are angels upon angels. Behind these are the Father, Son, and the Spirit. So when you're on the shore of your destiny, making the hard decisions, and you get ready to put your destiny in the hands of God, not in the rivers of the Nile, but that's what Jehoshaphat was doing. There is a force behind you pushing you on. Somebody give the Lord praise this morning. Come on, somebody give the Lord praise. Thank you, guys. Somebody give the Lord praise. There are more for you than they are against you. Somebody give the Lord a shout of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Josh, if you'll help me. She was not alone. And you're not. She put that, we still got a little way to journey. She put that baby in that basket on the Nile. When she did, it's like you and I saying, God, I trust you with my destiny more than I trust myself. One thing I say to the Holy Spirit always is, I die to my will and let yours be done. I've been a part, participate in some pretty awesome services and events. She can will a lot of stuff. But I want your will. When we put our destiny in the hands of God, when she put that basket out into the Nile, what she was saying is, Hallelujah. She was saying, I trust you more than I trust myself. My gift and my purpose is so great that I trust what you can do with it more than what I can. And she put it out on the Nile. And that baby floated and Miriam followed along the shoreline. But here's what happened. And here's where the cry of purpose comes in. Verse 5. It says, Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. She saw the ark among the reeds being cursed. 
God will always give people that can favor you and prosper your purpose. They will see you. She's in her maid to get it. And when she opened and she saw the child, and behold, the baby cried. Someone say, the baby cried. Everyone say, the baby cried. She had compassion on him, and she said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. She took him in, and she made him her own, and she called him Moses. Boy, shaky story. One that Hollywood could not even compete with. Shaky story. Where the woman has faith that her gift and her destiny is best served in the hands of God. She called him Moses. And what I like to believe is that when that baby cried, I like to believe it was the cry of his purpose. I like to believe that somehow in the spirit realm, the Bible says what we can see pales in comparison to what we can't see. We see a lot of drama, but it pales to what we cannot see. God pulls back the veil occasionally so we can see. But I believe the heavens were warring for that purpose as they are for each person in this house. And I believe the cry that she heard, she didn't know what it meant, but the heavens heard it. And I believe one million Jews' purpose was crying out to God, don't let that baby die in the Nile. Don't let that gift be taken. Don't let that purpose be ended because of this moment in the story. Because inside of that purpose is a man named Moses who in his elderly years, leaning on a cane, after he spent 40 years in the wilderness, after he killed a man in Egypt, and he runs for his life, and in that 40 years of wilderness where it looked like he was forgotten, God was building the greatest deliverer of the Old Testament. And as he's leaning on a cane, going toward Pharaoh every day, I believe those million Jews said, that man, a meek old man will come before Pharaoh, and every day he will say, let my people go, says the Lord. And Pharaoh will refuse him ten times. And every time he will go back to his bed. I can't even imagine, Chris. The Bible says we'll stand before kings, and Chris has kings of this earth in their regions of influence. But I can't imagine what Moses felt when he went back to bed every night, laying there thinking, God, please don't make me go back again. And God said, this is the purpose I called you. So he goes back again, back into the house. He used to be the son of Pharaoh. Back into the house, he used to sleep on their wealthy bed. And now he lives among the Jews as a slave. But he keeps coming. I believe one million Jews said, don't let that purpose die. Because that man will keep saying, let my people go. Until one day, after all the firstborn are dead, Pharaoh will finally release God's people. And when he does, one million Jews will walk out of Egypt on a beautiful morning after the Passover. Not a feeble or weak among them, loaded with the jewels of their neighbor, and they will march out for the promised land. Don't let that purpose die. How many believe the cry of purpose is heard before the throne of God? Give him praise this morning. And I believe just as that's what happened with Pastor Hank and Pastor Rhonda. When we were divorced, the days of pastor's addiction, the days of my own personal emotional demise. I believe the cry of purpose was going before the heavens. 
Don't let that man OD. He's close. He's close. Don't let him get pulled aside. Because what no one can see in that man is that when he accepts Jesus, he will be as hard and heavy, which he is, as aggravated the stew out of me through the years. He will be as focused for Jesus as he was on drugs. He will be as determined to lead people like Gene Cantrell out of addiction. He will walk and talk among the prodigals. And sinners will be chosen to come to him. Because they'll see a man who went to death's door and came back. So don't let him be taken out. I believe. Come on somebody. Give the Lord a praise. I believe the cry of purpose for this church. When I was divorced. Going my own way with my own set will. I knew I had a purpose, but I was fighting with God over it. Now I believe there was voices. Don't let her go the other way. God will be with her, but there's a path this way that is such a path of freedom. And I want to use her with him. I want them to exist together. I want their purpose to broken marriages. We've had people when our, our stories told on Daystar, TBN, or Charisma to fly in just to spend a day to talk to someone that has survived what we've survived and gone on. You see, I believe the Holy Spirit said, and the voices said, don't let their purpose die. For the thousands of people that came to know Jesus Christ, thousands upon thousands, as this man was evangelist, as Perry Stone said himself, Hank Davis can say the word popcorn, and a thousand People will run to the altar and get saved. It's ridiculous. But we said Perry Stone can say popcorn and 10,000 will get filled with the Holy Ghost. So it all works together. Such a gift of salvation. Such a gift of winning people for Jesus. But we couldn't see that in our torment. The cry of purpose that was going before the Lord when Connie Herring and David Herring were not together. When their purpose was not aligned. When they were walking in God's glory but had not yet come together I believe the cry and purpose of hundreds of women that have come through women of hope were going before the Lord and saying don't let that purpose die don't let that purpose die and I believe every day they've tried to give up the purpose of more women that no one can hear but the heavens don't let that ministry die for I've got hundreds of women Come on, somebody, that are going to come through and be whole. When Peter denied Christ, and I'm sure he was thinking, I'm just going to take myself out like Judas did. There's no way Jesus could still love. It was that relentless, reckless love of Jesus that pursued Peter. And I believe it was thousands of people that said, don't let that purpose die. Because inside that man who's failing God so openly and publicly in such a horrible way, inside of him is a strength. And on the day of Pentecost, he's going to step forward and he's going to preach the gospel after he's been received back to Jesus. And when he does, 3,000 will be added to the church in a matter of 30 minutes. I believe when the apostle Paul was killing Christians, there was a sound in the heavenly that said, don't let that purpose die. He's going to come to know Jesus. He's going to stop fighting me, says the Lord. And he's going to win so many people to the Lord. And people are going to read the New Testament and say, how did this man know how to speak to us and say, if God before you, he's more than the world against you. How does this man say we're overwhelmed and perplexed, but we are not taken out? How? Because that man has gone through some.
some stuff and he knows how to pin what is glorious. Don't give up on your purpose. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise. And if we could ask each one of you this morning what the sound of your purpose sounds like. The voice in the heavenly that cries out to you or for you, I should say. That cried out in times your life wasn't together or you weren't with your spouse. I think about Pastor Todd and Misty and Josh and Jackie and then our singles such as Linda Jarvis, Gail Coles. Their purpose cried out before the heavens in the weak moments and the bad people that we can't see behind every one of you right now is a long line in the heavens of people that God sees Jessica that are waiting for you to bring your story to the earth that are waiting for you to bring your gift to the earth if you could hear the sound this morning I wonder what it would sound like if you could hear the cry of purpose it might sound something So many people out there. 
because this makes them really believers. Pastor Mark Davis, Pastor Tom, Miss Connie, Pastor Paul, this is our deal for life. We don't have to do it like this. We're going to stand beside it. We're going to encourage it. We're going to smile with like that stump back in the ground. We're going to lift you up. We're going to dust you off. We're going to hug you. We're going to press more into you. We're going to put more of the Word of God in you. And when the Holy Spirit comes in and devours Woo! what Satan Come is on. trying to do, it's over with. So glory to the Lamb of God. We thank you, Jesus, that the Father's my Father. Hear the cry of my voice. Come on, everybody. Stand and give the Lord praise. They're going to stay right up here. Come on, stand and give the Lord the praise. Come all over this house. I'm going to ask you to do something, you that are physically able. I just want you to put your hand like this. And that's your purpose. And I want you to walk down here. These that are here are going to turn and face me. I want you to walk down here and stand behind them. Everyone that can physically do it. If anyone that can't, that's please, that's fine. Or you're not comfortable. Eye has not seen, says the Spirit of the Lord, nor has he heard what I can do through you, my Jesus. In your weakness, I am made strong. In your struggles, I am made victorious in you. If you could see what I see in you, each one of you, you would not be able to contain your love and faith in me. Despair not, says the Spirit of the Lord. You are just beginning to see my work in you. My people, I say unto you, my sons and daughters, I am here today to remind you that your purpose is mighty and holy. And many are the voices that would try to distract or detour you, but I've come to lift you above it. Some of you have dreamed, some mighty dreams when you were little and you thought those are gone. But I, the Lord, have come to blow by my spirit upon the cobweb that you've let form on those dreams. And resurrect them, says the Spirit of the Lord. For some of you that have just come to dream, you've been tempted to give up or slow down. But I say to you, I have called you. For I have set this place here. And I have set you as individuals in this earth to be my light of glory and grace. This is my story of power and glory told through you. This is my story. And you are invited to play a pivotal part. If you will discontinue, you're discrediting yourself and agree with what I say, says the Lord. I have chosen you. Come now. And walk with me and let me show my glory in you, says the Spirit of the Lord. Someone just begin to thank him in your own way. Praise. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just keep that hand there if you can on your heart or before you about your destiny. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we receive your word. Yes. 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 Ooh, hallelujah. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's just speaking. Just make where you're standing an altar, where you're kneeling, whatever that looks like for you. Let him speak to you. We receive your word, Jesus. 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 He wants to speak to you about your purpose wherever you stand. You say, I can't see it. I don't know what it is. That's okay. Just keep your hand toward him. Acknowledge that it's well favored. Acknowledge that it's gifted. Before him. Just keep staying in that place of prayer right where you are. For Jesus says to you this day. It is said in the book of Isaiah, I am acquainted with grief. So dear, beautiful daughter, I formed you in your mother's womb, carved my name deep into your heart. It is okay to grieve. I am acquainted with grief. And you will come to know me in a way that you thought you knew me, but you didn't. And my promises will be fulfilled that a greater story is coming out of this. It's okay not to be okay, beautiful daughter. For I, the Lord, have crowned you with glory and honor. And your purpose will excel, says the Lord. And as you walk on broken glass that you feel will be the end of you, the Lord says, your feet will be anointed with a grace and the oil. Of the Holy Spirit. Every wound will be healed, but you will never forget the scars of this, just as you've never forgotten the scar on your chest where I resurrected you from the dead at your birth. You will never forget the scars, for from them will come healing and a ministry you could have never dreamed, says the Lord. I am with you. I am with you. Someone just keep praying over your purpose. Just keep praying. It is not by accident, says the Spirit of the Lord. That you received the statement that you did. Daughter, your heart for the poor and the hungry. You've tried to run from it. Tried to develop plans and waited for the moment. And the moments didn't quite come. But the Lord says the calling is ever sure. And I will use you in the way that you've dreamed. And it will be a beautiful thing, says the Lord. Because your heart beats for me. And out of the very ashes of your own demise, I, the Lord, have brought joy and overflowing anointing. And they will say, I want what she has. But you'll say, you would have had to have suffered what I suffered to have what I have. The Spirit of the Lord is mighty. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. 
for God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should change his mind. The Lord never changed his mind in regards to you, son, never. He knew the paths that would be taken by others, but you still fastly held to his hand. The Lord has brought you on to work with you, to talk with you, to minister with you. And everything you thought was on the back burner comes to the front, says the Lord. For I will use you as a true Joseph in this age. What the enemy intended for evil be for good. And the saving, hear me, says the Spirit of the Lord. The saving of many lives, says the Spirit of the Lord. For out of your reservoir you will feed the spiritually hurting. You will walk with them through the water and through the fire and they will not be burned. Everything is coming full circle. I have blessed you, says the Lord, and I will bless your home with favor you cannot imagine, says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right where you are, I just want you to put your hand on the person's shoulder in front of you or beside you. We want to pray over your, your purpose, your destiny. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Get ready to pray. Just stay prayerful. Thank you, Father. Oh, beautiful child of God, Spirit of the Lord says to you this day. When you were a child, I saw you dancing before me, says the Spirit of the Lord. I saw you worshiping a pastor's child so full of hope. So many things came across your path to tear your destiny away. Like a tempest of storms, it pushed you like a ship away from the harbor. And it pulled you this way and pulled you that way. And so many times you've just tried to give up on the calling. But you keep coming back to that which you saw, even though you suffered so much. But I, the Lord, am restoring every broken place. I, the Lord, am bringing beauty. I am the Lord and bringing forth things that you saw when you were a pastor's child, just a wee little one. I'm bringing it forth because your heart has taken my heart because you've continued to look to me in moments that others would have despaired in times that they threw things on you, at times that they ripped things off of you. At times they threw mud and mire on you. You would not stop believing in who I was. Because of that, I, the Lord, say, my hand is upon you. And I have connected you to the right people at the right time. And you're going to see what I can do through you, says the Lord. Because there is a long line.